Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. This week I have a question, and it came from C two weeks ago. She says, Hi, Jessica. Exactly one week ago, a social upheaval began in my country. The military is out in the streets. We have a curfew every night, and many protesters have been murdered, kidnapped, hurt, and subjected to sexual violence. And yet, we go out every day to protest against the neoliberal policies that are making our lives unlivable. I've been feeling every possible feeling, fear and hope, sadness and joy, pain and pleasure. Right now, I'm completely drained, physically and emotionally exhausted, and this weird feeling has entered my thoughts. I'm too afraid of things going back to normal, just as unfair as they were before. And I'm having trouble connecting with friends, family, and clients that don't want to let go of their privileges and are justifying military action. I don't want to have a relationship with them any longer, but I still need them in my daily life. I feel trapped. My mind is like a fog and I'm scared of the future. How can I know what things I need to do in order to help build the future I think is best for myself and my community? Muchas gracias. This comes from C, who was born on July 31st, 1986 at 21 hours in Arica, Chile. I should say that I did reach out to see, to just check in about the situation because this question did come through two weeks ago. And she said that the situation hasn't changed too much in Chile, except for that they are no longer under state of emergency and the military are not in the streets. However, the police special forces are still repressing the people. And the president just announced that protests are going to be criminalized heavily. So there's a lot to unpack within this question. And I am not in Chile, obviously. I'm in the United States, and I'm not living in the culture or the conditions that you are see. And so on one level, I will say, you know, there's certain parts of this that I simply cannot speak to. That said, there's a lot in this that I can. You know, I have a great amount of compassion and feeling for what's happening in your country because the people are coming together in mass to stand up for themselves and stand up against economic repression and social repression. There's a lot to talk about within this. You're not really asking me about how to protest or how to show up for the cause. You are asking me about your personal life and how to really um, handle the growing schism between you and the people that you love. So I got to start with this. In your birth chart, you have something called Uranus conjunct the midheaven, and it's in the sign of Sagittarius. And this particular aspect is revolutionary. The midheaven in astrology represents the highest point in the birth chart. It is related to your career, you know, your conscious life objectives. So people with Uranus on the midheaven are often self-employed. It's not in any way exclusive to career. It's about your conscious life objectives. It's about your calling. And having Uranus at the top of the birth chart indicates that you are revolutionary. Uranus is the planet of revolution. It indicates that you are called to something greater and that something greater is in service to humanity. And that it would be awakened at this time is really important for me to speak to because you are going through a transit right now called Neptune square to Uranus. Neptune square to Uranus is a once-in-a-lifetime event. 
it is a generational event. So let me be really clear about what I mean when I say that. When we have an outer planet forming a transit to an outer planet in your birth chart, so an outer planet IRL forming a transit to an outer planet in your birth chart, what we see is not just a change in yourself, but we see a change in society or in your community, in the world outside of you that you don't have control over. That's broader than just like what your friends are saying or doing. And it is a call for you to participate in your generation, in the world. And it also is something that pulls on something within you. So I want to just say, whether or not you choose to you know, protest all the time or talk about this with your friends and family all the time, it does look like you are feeling a deep stirring, a calling to show up and participate. This is something that has been latent within you. In fact, Uranus is the highest planet in your chart, and it is involved in a grand cross. In other words, Uranus is opposite your moon, and it forms a square to both Jupiter and Venus, as does the moon. The moon also forms a square to Jupiter and Venus. Now, Venus is the wider thing, the wider planet in this situation, so is a little bit weaker than the Jupiter. But let me just break down what this means. For you, freedom is actually incredibly important. Liberty, justice, these themes are deeply held themes for you. However, you can struggle with diplomacy, with wanting to get along with people and wanting to make things okay in your relationships. And this is not good or bad. It's just a compulsion. And when we have a compulsion, it tends to happen outside of your situation alone. So in other words, you're responding to something deep in your psyche and not just in your situation. This is likely to be a period of your life when you are looking at things differently, when you are questioning how you participate. And the fact that this is coming up around social upheaval, really threatening social and political change, something that is happening in front of your face and dramatically, it just clarifies the call. It clarifies your choice to make. And it doesn't clarify what to do in your relationships. This transit is going to occur for a couple of years. And this situation that is happening in your country will persist. And I don't mean it will stay at this level necessarily. It really, hopefully, will not. But what we know is that the subway fare increase was the tipping point. It just pushed the people over the edge. And now Chile got their fare hike reversed. But that's not enough, is it? There is a need for political reform. There is a need for a change that is deep and fundamental to the system. And so as you move forward as a society, you can expect that if there are losses or gains, it will simply lead to new questions, new problems, new goals. And you have a choice around how you're going to participate, how you're going to be a part of it all. And so does everyone else. So do the people in your life. When we are dealing with something scary in the world, whether we're talking about what's happening at home for you in your life, or talking about something like climate change, you know, whether it's something really personal or something really big, but certainly and especially when we're talking about big, scary things that are happening on the street, when there's violence on the street, when the government is saying stay at home at night, you know, when there's things this big, everyone has a different way of coping. And the way many people respond to fear is by shutting down. 
It's by looking the other way. Now, this isn't great. This is not ideal or optimal. I'm not like advocating for that. That's cool. You should be fine with that. But I do want to hold space for your friends, your family, your clients. Maybe have completely different ideas about the world than you. Maybe you have completely different values than them. Or maybe they're just coping with fear in a different way than you. And they're not ready to look at the needs of the people or the violence of the government. It's possible they're just not ready. And so I'm saying this because it's important, but I'm also saying this because in your birth chart, you have a Uranus square to Venus, which inclines you to want to fire people when they disappoint you, to just be like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm burning the bridge, it's done. And that at this time is not well starred. I want to encourage you to hold some space for people having different timelines on how they come to awareness and how they come to coping. You don't need to burn a bridge. And also, you don't need to talk to people about things that you deeply disagree with and it's just too painful. I want to speak to the part of your question where you feel trapped with your personal life, with the people that are pre-existing in your life. Being able to deal with that trapped feeling in your personal life with your friends and family and clients, it's not going to be the same with all those groups of people. With clients, if you can avoid talking about social issues or political issues, that makes the most sense because you're not really there to build a personal relationship. Instead, you're there to do whatever service it is. You didn't share what that was, but whatever service it is that you feel called to do or that you're being paid to do. And so if they bring up things that you find truly offensive, and it's not essentially appropriate for you to tell them the truth of what you think, then I would change the subject. The key in this situation is don't agree with people to be diplomatic and to get along, because that's going to make you feel like shit about yourself. It's not your truth. There are ways of engaging with people that are not your people, where you don't agree with what they say, but you also don't engage them and challenge them. Because when you're talking about your clients, that's not always going to be appropriate, right? Now, you can use that same strategy with friends or family, but I would say this. In general, I'm a big fan of the rule of threes. And when it comes to your family of origin or your in-laws, say your piece and say it thoroughly, say it passionately, be open to other people's engagement with you, whether they disagree or they agree, have an open and honest conversation once. I believe if that conversation goes poorly, that's okay. Have the conversation again. Be open, be honest, be thorough, be heartfelt, be present. Listen to what they have to say, even if you disagree with it, even if it's disappointing, have that conversation. Be thorough. Do it twice. If it goes poorly, that's okay. Go one more time. Go full in. Be open, be honest, be present, be transparent. Do your research, share data, share whatever you need to do. Have that conversation a third time. Listen to their perspective. Don't just flatline disagree. Try to understand where they're coming from, right? That's the third time. Now, if after the third time, you have found that essentially you're just barking points at each other or you're not going to agree with your family, I am not of the mind that it makes sense to keep on having that conversation. Now, for some people in some situations, it is the right thing to do. But I would say for you at this time, you are in such an emotionally wrought state. Things are really vulnerable and volatile in your community. And it's okay to say, I've tried. 
And now I'm going to put it down for a while. And again, that doesn't mean pretending to agree with things, but it does mean saying, I need my family to be my family. And I'm not willing to engage with them about this because of how I believe our disagreements are dangerous, you know, like truly bad for you and for your community. And so what this will look like is saying after that third time, I'm not willing to have a conversation about this right now and not ever again. It doesn't have to be an ultimatum, but being able to, every time the conversation comes up saying, oh, I don't want to talk about this at this time or simply leaving the room or changing the subject. Because with your family of origin, or if it's your in-laws, you might not have a choice but to be in their company. You might not have a choice but to be in relationship with them. And as you said, you need them. They're an integral part of your life. What I want you to really hear in this advice is state your piece, try, truly try, listen, and be honest. But you don't need to walk into a wall over and over again for someone. And you don't need to burn the bridge and walk away either. There is a middle ground. And that middle ground is really difficult to achieve in a healthy way. And so it won't be easy. But I do advise you to try. This is a period astrologically where that is absolutely possible for you. And it's also very challenging for you. We don't need people to agree with us in order for the relationship to be sustained. However, when our disagreements are really at the cost of human dignity, of human rights, of what we believe to be essential and fair and healthy, this becomes really fucking hard, right? It becomes really fucking hard and painful. And it's not sustainable necessarily to be in relationship with people. But this, in some ways, the crises in your country are very new, very, very fresh. And in other ways, they're long developing. And so give this a bit of air, give this a bit of space to develop in your personal relationships, okay, with your family and with your clients, because it's still to be determined what's going to happen. And I'll speak more about that in just a moment. But to your friends, I would say employing a similar strategy with your friends, as I suggested for your family of origin, is a really good starting point. But the truth is, Some of your friendships will not survive this period. There is a true crisis happening in your community. And if you find that you have deeply held convictions that are antithetical to your friends' deeply held convictions, it will be hard for your friendships to be much more than palships. If you need to maintain your friendships, even though you're wanting to burn bridges and you're having a hard time with the way they're living, I want to say we're back to boundary work. And in this situation, the boundary work is changing your expectations and changing your investment. And that might mean you need to demote these people in your mind and in your heart so that you expect much less of them and you give less of yourself to them. And you do that until you can more deeply and effectively change those relationships. Because alienating and isolating yourself at this time is not wise. In fact, when we go through Neptune transits, which Neptune is not only squaring your natal Uranus, it is squaring your midheaven and your moon, and it is conjunct your ascendant. When we go through any, if not all of these Neptune transits, there is a risk that we will deny ourselves, that you won't eat enough food, that you won't have enough support, that you will feel exhausted or depleted and The key here is to fortify yourself. If you have friends that you are just like, I cannot even understand where you're coming from, 
maybe what you can do is find a way to connect with them in a way that reminds you that you are loved by these people. They're family on some level. Now, that might not be possible. I don't know. But when I look at your chart, because you are at the same time as all these Neptune transits, you're also going through Pluto sextile to Jupiter in your first house and a Pluto trying to Venus in your seventh. My take on this is that you are likely to have people who truly love you around you. Now, that doesn't mean the relationships are sustainable. That doesn't mean you want to be in those relationships. But I do think that you can get some measure of support and comfort from some of the people in your life. The good news of these two Pluto transits is it also means you are likely to have access to meeting new people, making new friends, new connections that really fortify you and improve the quality of your life. And because Jupiter and Venus is involved, these relationships, these new relationships are likely to better reflect what you believe in and how you want to live. Jupiter is really our beliefs and our ethics, and Venus is our values. So this Pluto sextile will really support that. And that brings me to another Pluto-oriented moment, which is actually related to Uranus. Uranus is opposing your natal Pluto. It's also forming a square to your sun. The upshot of it is very intense, actually, because you do have a natal Pluto sun square. These two Uranus transits are forcing you to look at what you believe and your place in the world. And whenever Pluto's involved, we are generally called to give up something that we're scared to give up, that we're identified with. And that might be your privileges and your comforts in exchange for a life that you truly believe in. It might be your relationships. It might be any number of things. But again, because part of what this is, is two outer planets forming a challenging transit, you know, one to the other, Uranus to Pluto. It is not just about you. It's about the world around you and how you fit into that world around you, how you feel called to participate in the world around you. Because Uranus is squaring your sun at the same time, your very identity and your sense of self is changing and it's supposed to change. This almost always results in a change in all of your meaningful relationships because it is very hard for us as individuals to truly change and to not have that directly implicate our relationships. And so this is complicated and layered and at times really painful and at other times, as you said in your question, really clear and really life-affirming. And unfortunately, that's just the way it's going to feel. That's just what's happening, my love. There's good news and bad news in that. You know, the good news is you're right on time. And the bad news is there's no quick fix. There's no easy solution. Because you're going through so many Neptune transits, the theme of boundaries is going to strongly feature itself. Boundaries are not just about yes, no. They're not just about limitations. Boundaries are about being able to refer back to your own perspective, feelings, needs, and validate whatever you find there. And then from a place of clarity about what your feelings and needs are, and sometimes that clarity is, I don't know. Sometimes that clarity is, I'm scared and I can't figure it out. Okay, that's clear. I mean, it's not the kind of clarity a person usually wants, but that's clear. From that place, then determine what are the limitations of what I can offer and what I need. And then from that clarity about those limitations, what I can do in a healthy way to verbally express it when it's appropriate and to behaviorally protect it, embody it, and manage it consistently over time. 
That's having boundaries. It is very freaking difficult. And it's especially difficult when you're living in threatening situations and, and you are living in a really scary situation and it is unclear how it's going to go. And I'm not going to make a political prediction and you're not asking me to happily, but I will say that from the perspective of your birth chart, this is not going to go away quickly your participation in it, how it impacts you personally and how it changes you completely. It's not going away. And so you are doing the right thing by looking at the world around you and your personal life and asking yourself, how can I handle this? The answer truly is being present. It's practicing being okay with not knowing what comes next. This is really central to what is happening for you internally, astrologically, psychologically, emotionally. But it's also really central to what is happening in the context of the social and political upheaval in your country, and honestly, in the world at large. This is not simple. And what I'm giving you is not a quick, easy fix. I don't think there is one. But you have a calling. There is a way that you are a part of what is happening in the world, in your world. You say in your question that you want to help build a future that you think is best for yourself and your community. And honestly, see, I think you're going to do that. And that doesn't mean I think you're going to figure that out this month. As I said earlier in the reading, you have Uranus at the top of your chart. You, you were born for this. You were born to be a part of social change. That doesn't mean you're going to feel like it's a clear path. Life is not like a movie with a beginning and a middle and an end. It's complicated and full of uncertainty. And so tolerating that uncertainty means looking at what is true for me right now. What can I do today? What is it that's happening today? And how can I respond to it with integrity or in a way that I think is impactful? Sometimes that's the best you can do. And honestly, that's a lot. It is truly a great way of participating. When you don't know what your role is meant to be, what you can do is embrace and commit yourself to your willingness to find out. That might look like a million different things from day to day, month to month, year to year. But I think that this is changing you. And this change is exciting as much as it's scary. And I actually believe that you're going to do some really big things or you have the capacity to do some really big things. So focus on what is true for you. Let other people come to their truth in their time. I'm not saying don't advocate for the truth. I'm not saying avoid difficult conversations. But I am saying you don't need to try to convert people who are unwilling to be converted or uninterested in being converted. Have conversations with people that you think are impactful. And when you're feeling exhausted or burnt out and drained, much as you are, it's not the time to have a conversation with someone who's not willing to have that conversation. You don't need to try to convince a stone wall to become a river. It's not your job. Find ways that you can help that are impactful. Use your energy wisely. And when you fail to do that, that's okay. Learn from that mistake, pick yourself up, and keep on trying. I can't stop talking astrology, and that is why I wrote a book. This book is called Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. I explore in this book all the planets through all the signs, 
It is useful and inspiring, and it is also the modern feminist, inclusive, queer positive guide to astrology that you have been yearning for. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to Brontes Purnell, international man of leisure and author of Since I Laid My Burden Down. He says, as a cancer double Sagittarius, i.e. Lil' Kim wrapped in a double Nicki Minaj, I don't really need a crystal ball to understand why I'm really, really single. That said, Astrology for Real Relationships is still an exact and entertaining roadmap of the astrological nooks and crannies of all the groovy witchy cuties you want to get down with. This book puts the spunk back into the question, hey baby, what's your sign? Pre-order it wherever books are sold. Also find links on lovelanyato.com. My loves, my beloveds, we have a lot to talk about for this week's horoscope. We're looking at the week of November 10th through the 16th, 2019. And this week starts off with a Mercury sextile to Pluto. Now, of course, Mercury is retrograde, forming a sextile to Pluto. You may find that you figure something out around this date, that something that was obscured from your understanding or lost is found. Mercury sextile to Pluto can bring up intense topics, but not in a terrible way. Now, when Mercury is retrograde, it's often related to the past, something that you know you were trying to figure out a month ago or something that is deeper in your past. can be anything, depending on where it's all hitting your individual birth chart. And so this is a great time to figure things out. If you've got like paperworky things, admin to get through, this is a great time to schedule it. I mean, a girl's got to live. Am I right? You know, when Mercury is retrograde, we can't put off making decisions, making agreements, following through with communications. And so this is a great time to go through, make sure all your emails sent if you haven't gotten a response yet, that kind of good stuff. Now on the 11th, we have the sun and Mercury meeting in the sky in the sign of Scorpio. This transit will directly impact our full moon horoscope that the full moon is on the 12th, but on its own, this again makes it a really great time to figure things out, to investigate things. Now, the problem with a Sun-Mercury conjunction is it makes you really subjective. In other words, it's hard to see things from anyone's perspective but your own. You may think you're being really considerate of other people, but you want to just be on the lookout for being a little bit self-involved or a little too married to your own ideas or perspective around this date. You know, this transit isn't especially dramatic or bad. It's not especially good either, IMO. It's just a time where you want to check in with how at the center of your own ideas you are. There is a way from a self-care perspective and a building of self-esteem perspective that that is a fantastic thing to be really at the center of your own perspectives. Now, when we're looking at the world around us, when we're engaging in relationships, when we're trying to collaborate with people on projects, not as much. We want to be able to be self-referential, to know what you think, what your perspective is, what your needs are, what your limitations are. And then be able to collaborate and meet others in the middle from that place whenever possible. And of course, it's not always possible, but that's the goal, right? Friends and lovers, that's the goal. Okay, speaking of friends and lovers, we have a full moon on the 12th. So the moon will be at 20 degrees of Taurus and the sun will be at 20 degrees of Scorpio. As a reminder, full moons occur when the sun and moon are exactly opposite each other. 
And if you're interested, there's a little thing called Sabian symbols. It's kind of like the spiritual interpretation of zodiacal degrees. You can do a bit of research into that if you're interested, but in my written horoscope, because if you don't know, on my website at lovelineto.com, I have a weekly horoscope that comes out on Wednesdays and it has different content than what I give you on the podcast. So I broke down the Sabian symbols for this full moon. Anyways, full moons, generally speaking, are the closure of a cycle. So the lunar cycles that we look at, every month we have a new moon and a full moon. And on the full moon, it is always a time to consider closing out a cycle. And so this doesn't have to be, you know, an external cycle. It is really about our internal flow, where we are emotionally, where we are in relationship to our feelings about things or about ourselves and our behavior. Having a moon in Taurus opposite the sun in Scorpio, and Mercury is very close to the sun, we have the potential for feeling really, again, subjective. Now, when we're subjective, we're most likely to be triggered. And this is something I've talked about on the show before, but watch me talk about it again. There's a meaningful difference between being triggered and being traumatized. If somebody steps on your toe and then they stay on your toe and it hurts your toe, that is traumatic. I mean, Maybe I'm using the word a little dramatically, but you're being harmed in that moment. Now, maybe somebody bumps against your toe and it reminds you about the last time somebody stepped on your toe. That's a trigger. It feels really similar, actually, in the moment, but what's in fact happening is quite different than that. It's not exactly the same. Both of these things, being triggered and being traumatized, can be equally painful and equally deeply felt. However, they take a different remediation. One, is really a reflection of you on some level living in the past, your own past. And the other is happening IRL right now. And this is a really important thing to consider because that sun in Scorpio with a Mercury retrograde conjunction is going to kind of have you a little bit attached to past feelings and ideas. And that moon in Taurus is an opportunity to be present here and now in your body in this moment, in the relationships that you find yourself engaged in. This doesn't look completely easy, but happily, we have Saturn and Pluto forming a trine to the moon and a sextile to that Mercury sun. And that is lovely because it gives us the potential for healing and not just healing, but healing that is sustained. So Pluto brings us healing. Saturn gives us longevity. That's that sustained energy. We really need that. We need that in order to not just have insights, but to have insights that we integrate. We integrate into ourselves, into our actions, into our habits, and eventually into our beliefs of ourselves and of the world. This is very exciting. Now, This particular full moon is likely to kick up passionate feelings. And so honor what you deeply care about by protecting it, by not sabotaging it, not rushing it. If you're going to jump into the pool, my loves, make sure there's water in the pool first. That's a metaphor. It also stands as just some good old-fashioned advice, if I may say. The key here is to pair whatever intense emotions you're experiencing with presence. And this is simple. And I want to say a lot of the advice I give is pretty simple. Simple is hard. Simple is not easy. But when we pare things down to their most essential form, we can make the most impactful change. We all have a tendency in our own ways to make things that are hard for us complicated. 
And if something's difficult for you, a really effective tool is to try to simplify it so that you can deal with one little piece at a time. This is difficult. I want to encourage you to try. That's all, my loves. Just try. Because this is a time not for starting something new, not for developing new habits, but instead it is a time for letting go. Letting go of old ways of engaging with thoughts and feelings, old ways of relating to yourself, ways that don't work. So let go of the things that don't serve you. Let go of the habits that keep you stuck in a knot. No big deal. Just change. (laughs) Okay. Additionally, this full moon occurs at the same time as we have an exact Mars sextile to Jupiter, furthering the idea that you are capable of sustaining change, but also furthering the need to stay present, to check and make sure there's water in that damn pool before you jump in. This transit can make us a little impulsive. It also can help us to feel like it's going to be okay. Mars sextile to Jupiter can bring a bit of optimism, enthusiasm, and resiliency. And I don't know about you, but I could use that. It's been a it's been a couple of weeks. Am I right, my friends? Am I right? Also, of course, full moons kick up big emotions. So a little Mars sextile Jupiter doesn't hurt a person. Trust. So that Sun sextile to Pluto and Mercury sextile to Saturn that I mentioned in the full moon chart, those transits will actually be exact on the 13th, simply elongating the effectiveness of being intentional with your plans, actions, and attitudes. Now on the 14th, we have a slightly less enjoyable transit. It's called Venus square to Neptune. Now Venus square to Neptune may find you idealizing other people. It may find you in a situation where you're feeling devotional, like you have to say yes or agree with someone in order to get your needs met, in order to be nice, in order to not hurt their feelings. And what you want to make sure is that when you compromise, you are not compromising yourself. You are not compromising what you believe in, what you stand for, who you are. Venus square to Neptune may find you feeling low-key, exhausted, spending money in stupid ways just feeling a little out of sorts. It's a little bit of a depleting transit because these two planets are the most people-pleasing of the zodiac. And so when they form a challenging aspect to each other, what ends up happening is we have a hard time advocating for ourselves or project all kinds of idealistic or fear-based things onto other people. Whenever we have a transit between these two planets, I am looking at being grounded about your values while being considerate of your ideals. This is a great time to really look at what those two words mean, values and ideals. Figure out your own definition. Look it up in a damn dictionary. So yeah, having boundaries is hard. It's a practice. Having boundaries doesn't mean other people respect your boundaries or like your boundaries. Having boundaries is simply an opportunity for you to be clear about your limits and needs, what you're able to do in a healthy way and what you're not, and expressing it with your words and protecting it with your actions. So pay attention, do your best, and know that self-love is a gift that gives. It doesn't just give to you. It gives to the people around you, and it gives you energy, which allows you to be there for others in a way that you can sustain. My loves, my friends, thank you for joining me for another week of Ghost of a Podcast. 
I want to invite you to subscribe to the show. Just share it around. Oh, and I want to let you know that if you have wanted to learn more astrology with me and haven't been able to sign up for my webinars, you can go to my website and you can purchase them there. You get to watch it and keep it. And then you get to watch it again and take all the notes and learn so much. A little, a little astrology and mental health, a little astrology and intimacy could do you good, especially around this full moon. Anywho, download it if you like, enjoy it if you like, but please, whatever you do, be kind to yourself and others. Be patient with your progress and keep on showing up. Every year they say the